0: up renegade nation the kramer show is coming up in a second we're really serious about growing the show and we can't do that without you if you like what you're hearing and let's be honest who isn't then take a few seconds to post a link to the show on your facebook and twitter it would be a huge help if you have a comment about the kramer show you can find us on facebook and twitter at kramer radio k-r-a-m-e-r-r-a-d-i-o
1: this is the kramer show activate this is kramer uncut
2: all right, welcome into the show. I'm going to freeform it today. I have nothing uh legitimately planned. I, I have well, I can't say that. I have a little bit of a list. And I might use the list uh and just get to it, but I I don't, you know, I didn't I'm not going to sit around doing a uh an hours worth of uh, post production on this show today. Um, we have not moved one bit since the last show, uh, lots of comments on our forum about the last show. Uh, and during the last show, uh, one of the main things was I was kind of making fun of some of the other podcasts that are out there. One in particular was Munko, and, uh, I want Munko, uh, the powerful Munko, on this show. I, uh, I want it. I need it. I need the Munko. Do we uh, do we still have the uh, theme song song to uh to the Munko? No, we don't have it. I want to play that. It's brilliant. Um I might get into a little bit of that a little bit later, I don't know. Uh but just some of the podcasts are terrible and I'm trying to move up in iTunes ranking and uh instead of listening on the site or instead of lis- listening on Stitcher uh listen to the show on iTunes if you go to my website kramershow.net, there's a link at the top of the uh of the front page do you have to type the www cuz for some reason you were having to to do that earlier if i go to net, does it go automatically to the yeah just yeah you don't have to hit the www so go to uh, net. there's a uh, download on iTunes Graphic right there. Just hit that and listen. Listen on iTunes. If we don't move up soon, seriously, I'm gonna get pissed. Where are we on views? Uh I was looking the other day and I was my my mind was blown. The last show has gotten thirty two hundred hits. Uh the one before that has forty eight hundred, the one before that forty three hundred, the one before that forty-seven, the one before that fifty-four, and the one before that seventy-one. So we're averaging between 4,000 and 4,500 listens every show, and I don't know why. Uh, what I want to do is uh, have the show every day, and I want to do a longer show, uh, and I want to do a more focused show, um, but with, but I'm not going to do that until I'm making some kind of money. And that rests, that, my friend, rests on your shoulders. Because I'm not selling advertising right now. I'm not going to sell advertising or even try to do it uh, until I get like an average of 10,000 hits per show. So uh, you can donate on patreon.com backslash the Kramer Show. And there is a link on kramershow.net for, for Patreon. See that? I'm looking at the button right now. Patreon. So go get me some money. Yeah, I mean, look, I was uh, my wife uh, called me the other day and she goes, "What is all this shit?" Like, what do you mean? What is all this shit we're paying for every month? She's like uh starts naming stuff off and I was like, "Uh, well, you know, bandwidth is not it's not cheap. Got to have a website, you got to host the website, you got to have all this other shit. Um the Skype, all this stuff. Even that. I mean, it's not, you know, by the way, I'm not going bankrupt by paying for it, but I mean, you know, really it would at least help justify spending the time to do the show if there was some kind of cash flow coming in. I do the show because I like it. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, and I don't, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not one of those guys that says, you know, I'm going to do a podcast and, 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 you know, in a year's time, I'm going to be filthy rich. I'm going to quit my job. That's just fucking, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Um, you, you, I will. I, I I can't imagine that ever happening. I mean, if it were to, great. But that's that's not my goal. My goal is not to make money. Um, what was the? Uh, there's a couple of other things that were on my mind up front to uh, to talk about. What was the other thing? That's going to piss me off. It's on the tip of my tongue. What was it? Oh, um, my buddy Jason. I was going to get him on the show today. Um, you know what? I tell you what. Let me play you the audio of Jason on my show yesterday. I wanted him to be on the podcast because in traditional radio, I got all these time, fucking time restraints, and I, you know, they're like anything over three minutes, man. You know, I'm like, okay, you know, some sometimes, you know, you just need a little time to make a story gel. And I was wanting to have Jason on for like half an hour today to talk about it. Um, My buddy Jason, who used to be the producer of the show in Detroit, um, wound up having to have a pacemaker put in. He's 39 years old. I just saw him like, what was it, like a year ago? And uh, his story is crazy. So I wanted to get him on today. But he's like, you know, he's going back and forth with, with doctors and he's doing all this other stuff. But I had him on the show yesterday. In fact, it was uh, two segments that I had him on. Uh, and again, my apologies for uh, the brevity, uh, but I, I had to do it because it was on uh, my regular radio show. Uh, let me pull this up right now. His story, by the way, is crazy and... um. How can I make this easy to find his link? Um, gosh, uh, here's what I'll do. I'll just uh, bump the thread where he's talking about his story. But this is cut one from yesterday with uh, with Jason. It's the uh, Kramer Show. My friend J Jason on the phone. I almost call him J two because that for many years is what he went by on our websites. What's up, dude? Uh, much man, what's going on? So okay, let's start. You had sleep apnea for one, uh, then all of a sudden you started passing out. Um right. that's I guess how this whole this whole thing started, right?
3: Yeah. Well I've had severe sleep apnea that I found out about in two thousand four and I've been treating it ever since with like with CPAPs. And then um about three years ago they put me on a BIPAP. Um well, I guess actually prior to that, in 2009, I had a. They took my tonsils out and they did this surgery called a UP3, where they um, they take all that little that little punching bag thing that hangs in your throat. I forget what it's called. Like oh yeah. below or whatever. Right. And they try to widen the mouth a little bit to try and help with the breathing, but uh, that didn't that didn't seem to help it. So I've been on the bypass, you know, since then as well. And then I uh, been on the uh, they put also they also put me on medication. Help try to keep me alert at daytime because I would still just get tired. So I'm on a medication called a new vigil. But then uh, the way this kind of came about would be like the, the, about a year ago, I guess, actually last February, I think, I started noticing like some issues with like, I thought I thought it was like rapid heartbeat or something going on. But I, so I started kind of following up on it. But then uh, they kind of just blew it off as if they weren't finding anything on any. Reports or anything, or you know the or the EKGs and that. So they just kind of said, "Oh, it's you know anxiety." And I had a baby coming, so they were like, "Oh, it's probably just stress, anxiety." And then, and then the baby came, so I kind of didn't follow up with it. I was like, "Oh, you know, anxiety, you know, lose weight, you know, probably it's, you know, right, big part of it." <laughs> so I kind of kind of just let it fall on the you know back burner, I guess. And then about six, seven weeks ago. I started, like, I passed out, and then I was at work one day and passed out, and it, not for, like, long periods of time, but, but uh, like, just, you know, either way, you pass out, you know, you know something's, something's yeah, not right. Yeah, it's scary. Cause I never, I'd, I'd never, you know, passed out before. So over the course of, like, the last six, seven weeks, I probably total passed out probably maybe 10, 12 times, but about two weeks ago, Guess um, it'd be a little over two weeks ago on, on a Wednesday. I was on my way into work, passed out driving, and, and uh, luckily I came to like again pretty quick and uh, didn't go off uh road and hit anything. I kind of caught it and was like, okay, this is the last straw, You know, I got a baby's about be one years old. I got to get this stuff figured out. So I went to emergency room in the in West Bloomfield, which is like kind of higher end area in over here and thinking that you know, I'm going to go to good you know, hospital because I got I need to know what's going on. So they basically ran blood work, ran the EKG. They're like, oh, we don't see anything. You're fine. Uh, and I knew like, they basically, I felt like it was like an urgent care because they like, got me in and out there so quick, and then they put like the wrong information down on my paper. they like, just follow up with your doctor. And I'm like, okay, well, I know something's wrong because I'm passing out. And you know, I just told you I passed out in the car, so it's not like,
2: yeah, you know, i tell you what, like just let's, a cold. let's go to a break, and then we'll come back and pick it up from right there. Uh, Jason's story about what he just went through. Stand by.
3: Crazy.
2: All right, we're back. Uh, so we're, talk- we're on the phone with Jason. Um, at this point, he is at the ER, and um, they they basically told him to follow up with his doctor. So then what, Jason?
3: Yeah, so they basically said, you know, nothing's wrong, everything looks normal, you know, follow up with the doctor and go from there. So I'm like, okay, well, this can't be right. But I was like, you know what, let me do it. Let me get serious about this. I'll, I'll set up a physical. So I did it while I was still in the hospital, like all my doctor's office, scheduled a physical. Um, it was for the following the following uh, Friday. So I was there on a Wednesday and it was, uh, I'm sorry, the following Monday. So I was there on a Wednesday and then the following Monday would be the day of the, the physical so I was like, I'll just go get a physical. I'll start keeping track of, a, you know, keeping track, get a physical every year, kind of keep track of my health and see where everything's at. So I go to the uh, doctor's office of the physical on a Monday morning, and it's with a nurse practitioner. And luckily, um, even though they're not connected, like the same hospital or anything, that the computer systems are connected. And she was like, were you in the hospital last week? And I was like, yeah. And I was telling her, she's like, well, what was going on? I've been talking about passing out and that. And she's like, she was this this is this is her right. She's like, uh, I want to get you in to see the cardiologist on Thursday, the one that I'd seen a year ago, just to kind of let him know what's going on. But she's like, in the meantime, uh, let's put the physical on hold. You'll go to car- the cardiologist on Thursday. But in the meantime, I want to put you on this uh, monitor, a uh, halter monitor, which is like a monitor you wear around uh you can wear it for, like, uh, one or two days. It's basically like right. a bunch of monitor on it, and you got, like, an iPad, iPod-type thing that you carry around, and Mark, if anything's happening. So that was, like, noon, noon on the Monday, and then about 10 minutes to 9 uh, the next morning, Tuesday morning, my phone started blowing up. So this nurse practitioner is calling me. People from the doctor's office are calling me, They're like, we need to get you into a cardiologist right away. And I'm like, uh, what's going on? Yeah, like, at that well, point,
2: you got to be like pissing in your pants. Yeah, and they like, you know, they're like, oh, and, you know, because like, they can't say.
3: I don't think they. I don't know if they can like legally. Probably can't say They're like, just uh, we saw something we want you to get looked at. So I'm like, all right. Well, I go to. I'm like, I can get in there. So I, they get me in there right away, and I go to the cardiologist's office, and it's not with the guy who I would met before. It's not with the cardiologist. Who I'd dealt with previously, it's with the chief of cardiologists at the local hospital up here, and he's like, uh, yeah, you're on the monitor. Uh, we noticed some um, things on there, and and uh, basically, you need a pacemaker. And I was like, what? Wow. And I'm like, I go... Uh,
2: like, at this curious? point, you're he's thinking, okay, I'm 30... How old are you, 38? You're like, I'm 38 you know yeah, 39 I, I, or whatever and you know and i have I've had sleep apnea they're just going to tell me hey go and lose some weight whatever uh mm-hmm. or you know here's some vitamins or here's a pill or whatever and then they lay that on you oh my god
3: <laughs> well that's literally what i told him cuz he's like he's like are, are you all right? and i'm like uh, uh no i go I'm, I'm- I, go, I literally thought I was gonna come here to you and be like, Look, we this is exactly what I said to him. I go, I thought yeah, I was gonna come here, you're gonna say, Oh, we saw something on the monitor, uh, you know, get on some medication and lose weight fatty and we we go our separate ways. Sure, That's exactly right. what I said to him. And, but he's I was like, I'm not expecting a pacemaker. I go, That's people what people like in their eighties and nineties get. And he's like, No, it's like more people young have it than you think and he's like, Let me tell you what it is and it's it's this uh so it's called S.S.S., which is sick sinus syndrome, and then a third degree A.V. heart block, which is not which is not like a cl- clogged artery or nothing. It just means that your heart's not supposed to go boom, 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 boom like right. the beat, and it's not firing. It's just taking like these long pauses. So it's taking mine was taking like these the longest one I think
2: it was like seven Damn. seconds. So you so you ago. go in the hospital, along you know essentially you go in the hospital. They do the surgery, and you said that um, you were talking to them while they were doing the surgery?
3: Yeah. when Well, when it came down to it, yeah. When, I, when they ended up finally doing the surgery, uh, they they were debating whether they said they originally said they were going to put me out completely. But then they ended up, because they said, because of size, because I'm a bigger, bigger dude, they said, if for some reason we need you to shift or we need to, if anything goes weird, we need to flip it over, Um we would like to be able to wake you up and have you help us, you know, with with that. And so like, so, so they're like, we're going to put you like, it's kind of like going to the dentist where you're kind of, you know, something's going on, but you're not feeling anything. I'm like, well, I've been to some crappy dentist where I like, they start working. I'm like, Hey, I feel it. You know, I need more stuff. Right. Right. And they're like, they're like, like, no, you, you know, won't be like that. And they're like, depending on how much stuff we give you, you'll, uh, you'll remember the conversation or, or you won't. And And I remember the whole conversation. So it was. It took about three hours.
2: That is just absolutely mind blowing that they can do something so seemingly, uh, you know, important. And then you're having the conversation. That's crazy. Um, I'm. I'm going to put he. By the way, this is a whole long story. But um, I'm going to put he has a GoFundMe account because uh, he's having to pay thousands of dollars out of his own pocket. Uh, to do the surgery, right, so <clears throat> I'm back live. That's that's uh, Jason's story. Jason, uh, we always used to make fun of Jason because Jason is uh, so low key. And I used to tell people, here's how I would describe Jason: um, normal people, if they wake up in the middle of the night and there's a fire, they start running through the house screaming, "Fire!" You know, "Oh my god, my god!" Jason is so calm. He would like politely step in each uh, room and go, excuse me, uh, there seems to be a fire. He, he's very, very low key. He doesn't get excited about a whole lot. Uh, and so when he told me what he was going through, uh, I was I was floored because he sent me a link to his thing and he, he wrote out what he just basically told you. And, uh, and I was like, oh my God. And not only um, is it the... Jason's a, a a new father. He has a he has a one year old daughter. She's adorable. Um, not only that, but you, you're you're starting to think about okay, God, you know you got all these responsibilities. You got a daughter. You got a you know a, the the woman. You got all this stuff. The family. And so you don't know what's going to happen, I mean, but stuff with your heart that's major. And then they start telling you you're going to have to have a pacemaker um not only that the physical part the emotional part but there's a financial part um and I don't know the whole story but the insurance companies have been dicking around with him and so Jason is gonna have to wind up paying like ten thousand uh, dollars out of his own pocket uh for these surgeries so I I can't even I can't imagine what that's like I you know uh, I am I hate going to the doctor for anything. I I get so nervous when I go to the doctor when they check my blood pressure. I, I don't know why. I, 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 to this day, I mean I've been to the doctor a million times uh and to this day I get so nervous when they wrap that thing around my arm that my blood pressure is raised so high they they always look at me and they go, Are you okay? And I'm like, I'm a little fucking nervous, I'm cool just talk to me for a little bit, you know, give me like five minutes of conversation and then check it. It'll go down. Trust me. I know what I'm talking about. And, <laughs> and so then I start asking stupid ass questions like, "Ah, oh, I love your office. It's a really nice. I'm trying to do anything but think about, uh, you know, the taking of my blood pressure. I don't know. It's fucking weird. So I, I can't imagine going into a place and then going, Whoa, um, well, we need to, oh, but that does remind me of a time, um, back in the alcohol days, cause I'm a recovering alcoholic. Uh, I wound up drinking myself into the hospital, I think maybe four times. Um, I don't think it was any more than that, but it was, it was at least four times I was in the hospital. Uh, I would drink, I would go on binges and, um, one binge lasted over a month. I, I, I wouldn't eat. I didn't do anything. All I did was drink. I'd wake up in the morning, drink, and that's if I went to sleep. And uh, one time, and, and here's what would happen: I would drink myself. I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't do anything. I would just sit around the house drinking uh, whiskey, and uh, that fucks with your nerves so bad, uh, especially as you get older. I mean, I, 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 I would start seeing things. I would hear things. It was fucking crazy was absolutely crazy and I think back to that time now and I can't I just told my wife the other day I was like I cannot believe I did that to myself I can't believe I let myself get that far out of control for that long uh and I don't know what I was thinking and the modern day version of me looks back on that and just you know I I I shake my head in absolute utter disgust but I do figure that I have all these stories, and that you know maybe somebody will hear them, and uh, you know, and it'll help. But I mean, I, I really did. It was sad. I would drink myself crazy, and I would hear things, and I, I would talk to myself, and uh, it was just it was it, it was really like um, having a major street drug habit. Um, it was also kind of like living in a tornado constantly, just 24 hours a day, being in a constant state of panic, knowing that I'm killing myself, knowing that I'm letting my wife down, knowing that I'm letting my kid down, the emotional part of it, it's just draining. And so there would be times I would drink myself to the point where I, I couldn't physically take it anymore. And uh we'd have to go to the hospital and i would get uh, they would you know do all their tests and stuff and go back and one time uh they hooked up an ekg uh to me and the guy's eyes got really big and i mean i i probably 10 minutes after that was uh, it was in a room uh and they put me in the heart you know part of the hospital because you know you you drink so much your nerves are so crazy your blood pressure stays so high for so long, the toll on your body is absolutely crazy. Um, and I remember one time, and I like to tell this story uh, with some friends of mine. Uh, Jeff is a friend of mine from St. Louis, and his wife is, her name is Mary. And they were really close uh, friends of the family, and uh, it came time to go to the hospital, and Jeff and Mary went with me, and um, I was so nervous. My My nerves were I felt like I was crawling out of my skin. And I finally went up to the desk and I said, look, I, I don't know how else to tell you. I, I'm here for uh, alcoholism and, and to get treatment for whatever this is. And I feel like I'm about to like the like my skin is crawling, and I'm so miserable right now. I'm so nervous. I, I just I feel like I'm going crazy. And they took me. Uh, and thank God they they took me uh, right back, and they put a needle in my arm, and it was filled with this stuff called Ativan. And when they do that like that, and they don't give you the pill. It goes right to your system, and you, I don't care where you are, how nervous you are, you go from uh, level 10 being nervous to a one and not giving a fuck about anything. I had a hospital gown on, and they put us in an elevator to take us up to my room, and um, I didn't realize it, but the um, but my balls were showing, and uh, I go, hey. Mary, look at my balls and I lift up the uh the hotel the uh the the um hospital skirt. I'm showing people my balls. It was a <laughs> whole thing. But to, to back to Jason, I can't imagine uh getting the news that you're going to have to have uh, a major surgery. Um especially at the age of 39 and it being such a major deal. Uh, and then not only, and then on top of that, you got to stress and worry about ten thousand dollars at least coming out of your own pocket to pay for what you're what you're doing. Uh, it's just whew, brutal. You know, it's I, I just as I'm sitting here telling that story, it's almost emotionally draining just to think back on those times. Uh, and at some point, I really should put together a really uh, thorough, long show uh, about my alcoholism in a in a whole, as a whole, um, because it started out being a lot of fun, and I have so many awesome, fun stories from drinking and being, you know, doing what I did, and then it culminating into an absolute disaster, which it always, always, always does. Nothing ever good happens to somebody who becomes an alcoholic. All right. I'll be right back.
1: When people say stupid shit, stupid shit, we're
2: there every step of the way. Wouldn't it be great
0: if somebody running for office said something, we could have an immediate reaction as to whether it was true or not? Well, we've trained this dog. And the dog, if it's not true, he's going to bark. I'm trying to figure out how we could do that with the Republicans. You know? We need, we need to get that dog and follow follow them around. And every time they say these things, like, oh, you know, the Great Recession was caused by too much regulation. Ow, 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 you know?
1: Sucking the brain cells right out of your head. This is The Kramer Show on KramerShow.net.
0: Ow, 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 you know? Kramer will be back shortly. We hope you know how excited we are about doing the show. But until we get a massive audience, we're not selling advertising. Until then, though, we need you, the listener, to help the show move forward. You can help out by going to patreon.com slash Show. Or you can find a link at kramershow.net. You can even earn rewards for helping the show. More pledged money equals longer shows. Thanks for the support.
1: an internet talk show with balls. Real real raw radio radio. The Kramer show.
0: Back
2: Uh, Hit the site, kramershow.net. So um, back in uh, 1994, I worked at a radio station, and uh, there was a magazine called Friday Morning Quarterback that would come to the radio station. And then there was one called R&R, Radio and Records. And um, in those magazines, they would profile different air talent from all over the country. And they started talking about this guy, Bubba the Love Sponge, and um, talked about how raucous and crazy he was and how dirty he was. And uh, it was amazing the the shit that he got away with. And at that time, uh, a lot of people were not getting away with that kind of thing. Plus... Uh, I was in Alabama doing radio, and in Alabama, you're not going to get away with anything. So um, in the R&R, they would have uh, tapes for sale of different people's air shifts. So you could write in, um, send in a check, and they would mail you a cassette, and it would be, you know, like an entire air shift. And I would get these tapes of Bubba, and I'd just be, like, blown away. I was like, I you know, just I can't believe... Somebody on the radio gets to do that. It sounds like so much fun. It was just crazy. Well, two years later, um, I got a phone call from a guy, Mark Chase, and he was one of the uh, higher ups in Clear Channel for programming. And I happened to be on the radio in Huntsville, Alabama. He heard me and he was like, hey, I want to talk to you about coming in and taking over for Bubba the Love Sponge. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. And to me, that was that was just about as big as it could possibly get. So uh, during that moment, I had sent out air checks all over the country, and I started getting phone calls. In one week, all right, I got phone calls from B96 in Chicago, 93.3 FLZ in Tampa, um. I can't remember the state. There was a station in Denver that had called me back, all a station in Miami, all these big stations uh in one week had called me back. It was like every day I would come home there'd be another message on our answering machine from a different radio station that was interested in talking to me about. And so I was like, you know, okay, at that moment I knew something was happening. Something was clicking and I I had found this sound that I had always thought about. For, for many years, from like 1989 to about 1995, uh, every day I, I thought, well, what how, what do I have to do? Because at that moment, no one was teaching me anything. No one on any level could teach me what to do. So I had to listen to other radio hosts and try to figure, it, figure out what I was, who I was, you know, my sound, my cadence, all that stuff. It's kind of like being a comedian. Uh, You know that you're funny, but you don't, you don't know how to put everything together. It's kind of like a Rubik's cube. Well, for some reason, I kind of put it all together, like right at the same time. And all these people from all over these, uh, uh, the country and these radio stations were taking note. And I was married. Uh, My wife's name was Hope. And uh, Hope had some family in Tampa and she had always been to Tampa and she goes we're not going anywhere she goes I'm not moving anywhere other than Tampa and I was like all right Tampa it is that's kind of where I was leaning Dad or Chicago b-96 and fucking Chicago b-96 um so I went to Tampa and I took over for Bubba the Love Sponge uh his show on FLZ and then he went to 98 Rock in, uh, in Tampa. And um, I had only spoken to him once on the phone because I wanted to get advice from him about, you know, what to do, how to handle the move uh, and all this stuff. And and he was seemingly nice on the phone uh, when I called him up. Um, and so then I moved there and then um, Bubba had a nightclub And, uh, I actually wound up doing a couple of remotes from his club and I got to see kind of backstage of, uh, of how Bubba lived his life. Dude had a club. It was named Bubba club Bubba or whatever the fuck it was. And, uh, he would, he had a big, um, uh, one way mirror at the top of the club and he and a bunch of friends would sit back there and, uh, and fuck off. And at that time, Bubba weighed like 900 pounds. And there are all these stories about whether or not Bubba could actually wipe his own ass. Uh, And some of the interns at the radio station said that um, uh, Bubba made them wipe his ass. It was so so fat. And I think at some point he, he did mention that on Howard's show. So, I... I got to know people that knew Bubba or worked with Bubba, and um, not a lot of people liked him. Um, And I, you know, don't have that many instances where I had to work with him or anything like that, so I I can't say that I don't like him personally, Um, although some of the shit that he's done over the years and how he's treated people are just shitty. But I'm not. But 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 anyway, I, I just did that because I said that because there's a little bit of of knowledge on the inside of how Bubba is, and then I equate that to this whole Hulk Hogan Gawker sex tape thing. I don't know how Hulk Hogan and Bubba wound up being so close, but they did, and Bubba would have him on his show all the time eventually, Hulk Hogan wound up banging his wife because Bubba wanted him to. I don't know why you would want someone to bang your wife. I don't know. It's fucking bizarre. But Hulk Hogan, like an idiot, wound up fucking his Heather Clem, who's Bubba's wife. And it was recorded on Bubba's security cam in his room, got out there, Somehow, miraculously got out there. I don't know how in the world, how in the world that sex tape could possibly have gotten into the hands of Gawker.com. I don't know how. How someone must have broken in, a ninja from Japan must have broken in to the Bubba mansion and stole that tape without getting on the security cams, somehow, somehow, and mailed that tape to Gawker anonymously. Now, I don't know who would do something like that. i mean i don't know who would benefit from something like that you know i mean it would almost be you would think like a a radio host who was needing some media attention would videotape his best friend fucking his wife and use his best friend's fame to get himself some kind of attention i mean you'd almost think it would be something like that but no i don't think that i think uh, someone hired a ninja from Japan, uh, a highly skilled ninja, you know, like a fifth degree, sixth degree ninjutsu, purple belt ninja, uh, someone who could practically be invincible and to get into the Bubba mansion and steal that tape and then mail it off. <laughs> so, I uh, watched um, the part of the trial today of Hulk Hogan. And the lawyer for Gawker says to Hulk Hogan, well, let me play you a clip from Bubba the Love Sponge show in uh, 2012. And, uh, I want you to tell me if this is you or not. So they play this audio and, uh, you hear Hulk say, yeah, you know, I don't have a seven or I don't have a seven inch dick. I got a, I got a, I got a 10 inch cock. And they're they're playing this in court, you know, and it's all it's also you know stodgy, and it's all um, what's the word? It's just so sterile in court. So you're you're looking at Hulk Hogan in his black shirt and his black uh, dress coat and his gold cross chain and his black do rag, while he's talking about his. Well, he's talking about hulk hogan's 10-inch cock so he stops the tape and he goes is that you yes um does uh does does hulk hogan have a 10-inch penis and so hulk hogan goes well uh terry belea does not have a 10-inch penis but hulk hogan does have a 10-inch penis but i can assure you that me sitting here right now terry belea does not have a 10-inch penis. And I'm like, wow. You have really thought that character through. You have thought it through to the point where you've given your character wrestling guy um, a 10-inch cock. That is brilliant. That is brilliant. <laughs> that's, that's classy. So they're suing Gawker for $100 million. There were nine seconds of actual sex on the tape that Gawker put up. Nine seconds. Now, you're telling me that you having sex for nine seconds being online of a tape that you supposedly don't know anything about, by the way, is worth $100 million. Come on now. And by the way, the tape was distributed in 2012, four years ago. Why are you suing over this whole thing now? Could it possibly be because the World Wrestling Federation kicked you out and said, go fuck off because you said the N-word? Couldn't it possibly be, Terry Belaya, that this is a desperate money grab Because you are broke. I mean, you are wearing the same shirt and get-up and the same do-rag from yesterday. So, you know, I'm really wondering. I'm really wondering. A hundred million dollars over nine seconds of you banging your best friend's woman. Hey, and you know, too. First of all, Hulk Hogan's penis just fine, or Terry Bollea, by the way, penis is just fine. You know, I mean, it, it's not like a Tommy Lee type situation, but uh, there's it's nothing to cough at. You know, and Heather Clem, and those rock hard fake titties, and that big, that beautiful round ass of hers. You know, hey, and that grainy ass uh, security cam footage, nothing to be nothing to be ashamed of. But he's hurt. He says that he has not been the same since that tape came out. To the tune of $100 million.
1: Wow. i be feeling all alone at night. Feeling so lonely. I want you, girl to be my tinderoni I log in on Facebook and I start to look at them pigs and it make my dick so hard I feel the pressure rising girl rising for you and I'm finna jack off, jack off to you Girl, you got me feeling, feeling like I love you and I want you. I'm jacking off to you, I'm jacking off to your Facebook pins, to your Facebook pictures, your Facebook pins, your Facebook pictures. You see the lotion. And it's the motion. I'm jacking off to you, girl. I'm jacking off to you. Jacking off to your Facebook pics.
2: A podcast that doesn't suck. Finally. Finally. The Kramer Show. The Kramer Show. The Kramer Show.